Hello and welcome everybody to a new episode of the Advanced Real Estate Investing Talk. This is your host, Aurelien, with my co-hosts, uh, Glenn and Darcy, glennsutherland.com and darcywhite.ca. Um, so today we will be discussing uh, inflation and interest. Uh, it's a very uh, um, important topic right now. We Inflation is uh, rampant and interest rates are quite high. Um, and... Maybe we should do a disclaimer at the start. <laughs> you know, we are not economists. Yeah, that's, that's right. Um, these are just our thoughts. We, you know, anyone who says they know what they're talking about and this is a defined exactly, this is what to do or this is what's going to happen, they don't. <laughs> and neither do we. These are just our thoughts and what we, you know, based on some educated guesses. Um, an experience. An experience. Yeah. Um, so like, don't, you know, I just want to put a disclaimer out there before we, uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Use your best judgment to imply means. Yeah. Disclaimer first, uh, typically real estate is considered to be a good asset class to invest in when faced with inflation. It's a good edge against inflation. Um, one of the aspects uh, I was traveling last, last week and I talked to a friend of mine and he was explaining, he's, um, he's an accountant, expert accountant. He was explaining how, you know, inflation eats away your, the, 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 at cash, you know, cash loses buying power and it's basically eating away at your, uh, at your debt, at the debt you owe on the property. If you have a mortgage on that property and also if rents are not capped, you can increase the rents, trying to keep up with inflation. Um, a few points, inc but a, a, a very important thing, you know, when you do your underwriting, when you run the numbers on a deal, it's very important to try and be conservative. That's the key to success. And and when what when we what we mean by that is make sure you you underwrite with the. High, vacancy going much higher like for example 10 percent does your property still cash flow but also the interest rates you know a few points change in interest rate can make a drastic difference in payment amounts and uh, i've seen that on some of my properties uh, so be be very careful and when you do your underwriting um, and also another consequence of this so in multifamily um uh, People have been buying a lot and uh, haven't been so careful thinking that property values would just go keep going up and up. And so would rents it would go up and up. And there is going to be some mortgages renewing soon. And the, the people are, are did their underwriting so, um, so not conservatively that they're going to be in a, in a pretty big predicament to make, to service the debt. And there might be some opportunities um, coming out of this situation where you can buy uh, properties that uh, where the debt uh, just uh, doesn't work anymore and one one thing i've been doing is i've been talking to um, some uh, some brokers in a, in a, in another asset class it's uh, it's it's still real estate but it's it's buying debt so typically when you have a, a property finance with a local credit union the credit union uh, won't want to uh, foreclose on the property and what they will do because it's not good for them you know being a part of the community they won't, don't want to focus on someone else inside the community so they sell you the debt and you can buy that debt at the discount so that's a, a strategy i've been looking into um 
But yeah, you just talked about the um, <clears throat> the funding, right? And a lot of people, when they do will buy a multifamily building, which you kind of touched on quickly, is they buy like, um, you know, a shorter shorter funding off the start, like a two-year interest yeah. only or something, a gap funding or whatever you want to call it um, before they go into their long-term debt so they can do their improvements and other things. And uh, people who closed last summer before the fall when it started to jump up have completely underwrote their their deals completely wrong. Um, and I went to some meetings with a bunch of syndicators and they're not sure even how they're going to jump into conventional loan now. Yeah, they might be buying down their debt, increasing their equity so they can manage their payments. Yeah. Yeah. Your cash call. Because there could yeah. be a huge opportunity, what Ari was talking about. There could be a huge yeah. opportunity coming. And there can be opportunities um, even in the single family housing with, uh, like in US, a lot of people do the 30 year loans or 25 year loans where it's actually locked in for that amount of time, right? Mm -hmm. Um, so the cheapest money is to take over someone else's mortgage. But in Canada, for a lot, a lot of people, they do, like, really, I don't think you can do more than five years in most cases. Sometimes there's a few programs that do 10 years. But typically, everyone does a five-year fixed or they do a variable. Mm -hmm. And the people who've done a five-year fixed aren't feeling it yet. Yeah. But they will. <laughs> yeah. There's, you know, there's a, I mean, it's, it's worth noting, there's a relationship between interest rates and um, inflation. You know, we're referring to it, but I'll, making an explicit linkage in, in Ari's um, beginning. Um, and that does provide opportunities. Um, interest rates are just a tool of the central banks that they've used to kind of slow or stimulate the economy. And in this case, they started thinking post-COVID because of scarcity and because of um, demand, mostly you know demand on products, pent-up demand, that prices started rising because you couldn't get stuff. When you park a container ship sideways in the Suez Canal for what, five months and block all that thing. That started a chain reaction of things yep. amongst piles of other things. People stayed home. They didn't spend money. They had a bunch of money burning holes in their pockets. They got stimulus from their governments. All of a sudden there's a bunch of money in the, in the system. People started buying things that were in scarce supply. And amongst it, you know, in our sector, real estate, it shot up. Everyone in Canada has experienced this two years of surging real estate values as people sat at home, scanned the MLS listings and said, it's time to buy a cottage. It's time to buy that second property and rent it or Airbnb this. And of course, everything went you know um, up with construction trades. So that relationship is, is happening. But it is important as a real estate investor, I say this over and over to people, we're more like farmers than miners, right? Miners strip everything out and leave a hole. And that's not what real estate investing is, or it can be, but that's not kind of what, it's not very safe. Um, you can do that in certain markets, but not really. It's not sustainable. Farming, however, acknowledges that you're there for a generation or a family farm or this kind of idea is the, part of the metaphor, that it can work in all cycles. So think of an inflationary cycle. What could work for you? Glenn, Glenn touched on it. You could be buying other people's mortgages. So in, here's an instance that we're looking at. So we purchased a property and assumed a mortgage that had taken a a deal with one of the tertiary lenders here that has no option for breaking the the uh, mortgage. The guy signed a seven-year deal that you could not break. It was irrevocable. You could not break it. And it was at a decent rate that we thought, okay, we can leave this alone. And then interest rates dropped. And this was the outlier that didn't look so good. It was at 3.48%. And we're looking at it's going, well, we're buying things now with 1.71, 1.53 
this outlier at three in the mid threes doesn't look so good. Now, all of a sudden, there's an opportunity. We've been working on this property for five years. We've increased the value of it. The asset value is way up, probably 30% over because we've improved it. We've addressed its vacancies. We've improved its rent structure, the, um, what we're supplying in our rents. In a lot, we, we've been working on it for five years. We're still sitting with this. Now it's a relatively low mortgage. Going back to that lender and saying, hey, we'd like to unravel this mortgage in the mid threes and remortgage for a short term at around 4.7%. Now the lender's interested. When the interest rates were lower, there's no way you're going to get out of that mortgage. Now the interest rates are higher. A person farming for real estate, thinking long-term, might say, this is a time when you can unlock some of that asset value and get out of this mortgage on a short-term deal. So we'll take term at a higher rate to unlock asset value and get some equity out of this property with an eye to seeing interest rates fall over the next couple of years and re re-up again in the low threes or high twos. It could be a win. We've looked at it and we're playing with the numbers. These opportunities exist now. And as you know, Glenn says, there's going to be buying opportunities as other people who made ill-advised plans or just didn't see the market or just got caught um, seek to get out of deals. And if you're cash heavy in an inflationary market, you might you might find some deals out there. Is that what you guys are seeing? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, where maybe I'll point this at Ari first. Maybe we'll go around and see what everyone thinks. But where do we, where do you guys kind of see, if we're guessing, because we're not economists, yep. the interest rates going, the inflation going, and the prices of houses going? Oh, maybe boy, I'll start it. with Ari. You get to, I'll put you on yeah. the spot first. Where? Oh, I really, uh, I, I don't do predictions. Uh... <laughs> Smart. <laughs> I do because I think it's so much fun. I'm a gambler. No, not really. But why not, Ari? What do you think? Uh, I think that uh, uh, so if the rationale is to increase interest rates to mitigate inflation, I think uh, a lot of people are very unhappy. And I think uh, uh, this may cost uh, the government, uh, uh, this may cause some headaches for the government. And uh, uh, you know, the opposition may may start saying, okay, we're going to limit, reduce the interest rates, and, and then uh, maybe there's going to be um, uh, some uh, some frictions inside the political parties around uh, interest rates, and maybe maybe that will be a, a trigger to reduce them. Um, uh, but yeah, I typically don't do uh, don't do predictions. The only predictions I'll make have to do with the real estate cycle, uh, supply and demand. That that I I, I make predictions on. And what do you to... feel about that? Well, it depends on each market. Uh, yes, that's fair. Because when people say it's all a market is Canada or a market is the U.S. is completely crazy. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But one thing I'll say, though, is that uh, in terms of cap rates, um, there's going to be a because of rising interest rates because uh, the money you make in real estate is typically if you if you use debt the money you make in real estate is the spread between the cap rate and the interest rates so your cap rate needs to be higher than your interest rates so logically if interest rates are rising then cap rates need to rise um, typically what you see you know in tertiary markets cap rates are higher because assets are less liquid so i think uh yeah prices are gonna have so if the cap rate increases for the same noi net operating income me it means that the prices will have to come down so that they're the this is another reason for um 
uh, opportunities, but also it's you know if you your it means that your 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 equity in your buildings is uh, diminishing uh, as the cap rates yeah. increase. I think that was gold. I think that was yeah. well well put together. So I was talking to some realtors in Western Canada that are looking at um, commercial properties, not residential apartments. Um, I would say that asset class is separate, and I will make predictions on that. But looking at commercial properties, where it's strictly, I have this money, what NOI, you know, what cap rate applies. He says the compression between cap rate or that gap between cap rate and interest rates is now pretty fixed. There's not much sponginess there. Um, it will now start eroding cap rates, increasing cap rates for people selling. So it could be a buy opportunity for institutional buyers or people with money because those um, building values are going to have to either, they're going to have to increase their net NOI, their net operating income to maintain value, which is happening in an inflationary market. You'll see rises, but with commercial leases, they're three to five year instruments. So it's slow. It's going to, it's going to lag behind what's happening in the market. So Ari's totally right. But I would say with residential, it's dislocated from the market because of, of, you know, two things Um, in Canada. And anyhow, um, there's just, yeah, there's just uh, a housing shortage. It's just a massive housing shortage. They have not invested in that category. And honestly, um, builders have built personal condos for people that can afford them, but nobody has been buying or very few people have been building residential apartments for renters, rent, uh, rental specific properties. Um, they're expensive and the returns are on 30 year cycles. So it's not that attractive. If you build a condo, you can be in out in five years. Um, and with a fairly significant, um, profit because people will pay more for something that's theirs. But if people are only using it for a cycle, like a renter might be, they're not going to pay more. It's a very competitive market in that. But I, Two things, though. Um, the federal government has a problem with with uh, demographics, and that's why I say this is one of the most important numbers in any country. Our demographics, federal government has increased our immigration. Um, this year is at three quarters of a million people. We just passed 40 million people, and I keep beating this drum. We have a housing crisis, and we've added nearly three quarters of a million people to the, to the country. We already are short of housing. Where are these people going to go? That's just this year's people. There's people behind them. Whatever next year's number is, that's added to this year. And then they'll have children, right? And they bring their, uh, they, they repatriate families and they bring their relatives with them and they sponsor other family members. So the long tail on this year's cohort of immigration could last 10 years. And we're still not building enough housing. I would like to say that, you know, that, they're trying to say there's not a crisis. There is a crisis, and I'm seeing it in every market. So where housing price is going to go, different from commercial. Ari's totally right about commercial. It's going to stagnate on the commercial side. On the residential side, they're still selling. Glenn says, well, things are waiting 30 days. They're not having multiple offers on a weekend. That was before we started recording. <laughs> yeah, sorry. We started recording. We were talking yeah. about where they're going. My yeah. mother's condo in Edmonton had multiple offers on a weekend. We sold it in three days in a dead market. I mean, it was well-priced. We had multiple offers um, above and it sold above asking. And that's a, in a quote, dead market. That's not Vancouver. That's not Mississauga or downtown Toronto. That's Sherwood Park and Alberta. Um, whereas housing prices, they're only going one way. Inflation is going to mean that that product is going to be more expensive, whether it's a can of milk or a container of milk or 
can of beans or a condo in Sherwood Park. Inflation says it's going to go up. Housing will go up. It the just will become more expensive. Pardon? The affordability is going to go down because I don't think that totally. the interest rates are going to go down. I think that they're going to stick around where they are or maybe up a half a point. I think they're going to stay here. I think this is more about the the average interest rate is always like if you look, you average it across like the last, I was talking to a mortgage broker, so I'm still yeah. stealing information. But they yeah. were saying across the last like 70 years, the average is around 7%, right? So it that's where it averagely sits. So what it's going to do is, yes, the, the, the we still have all the pressure um, from new immigration to keep this up, but we're going to have the interest rates aren't going to go back down to bail people out uh, to make this affordable again, I don't think. Mm-hmm. So you're going to have... I think I can make a prediction because it's yeah. like, like Darcy was saying, you know, it's back to uh, the real estate cycle and on the even on, you can make predictions on the... I, I was saying, you know, it's market by market, but actually on the level of, of Canada, Canada is bringing so many migrants that there is way more demand than there is supply. Uh, and, and the cost of building is so expensive that a lot of people are hesitant to build. So, and, and the programs that the pro- government is offering, like CMHC uh, uh, insurance for development. So they are very attractive programs, but still you know the numbers barely pencil out so we we have a, such a shortage that um, in canada in particular that uh yeah the, the prices uh won't, won't go down so so significantly. Yeah, i don't think and so then, like, the u.s is different though right they don't do as much immigration um at least they're not interested in it right now but right now yeah they, mm-hmm. they're building a wall i heard about it <laughs> and mexico is going to pay for it <laughs> but anyway <laughs> So that they they have a different issue, right? So they have they have fixed term, long fixed term mortgages, right? So instead of these five year terms that were new, they're talking twenty five or thirty year terms that were new, which will save people who are already in. On houses, on houses, on yeah. yeah, but the new people or people who want to move are going to have issues, right? Yeah. As they if they break and start over, is going to have a lot of issues. So like both both countries are going to see some some ripple coming up in the next, I don't know, two years. I, that's my thing. That's where I think it's going to happen anyway. Well, my father-in-law, Rudy Eidenberg, um, he's passed away now. Um, he had a theory and he liked to line up his, because he thought, because governments control interest rates. His theory was he liked to line up his mortgage cycles with the U.S. election cycle or the Canadian election cycle. Because he felt the the bully in the mix is the U.S. Uh, Fed, um, where they fix interest rates. And as election cycles come up, presidents uh, want to get reelected. And one of the you know strongest affordability things is people's mortgages. Generally, thirty percent of their spending or higher that they will tip down mortgage rates in election years. So, you know, if I were to t- apply Rudy's rule which we'll coin right now. Uh, Rudy's rule says in 2024, 25, we should see a a slight easing in interest rates Um, that they'll tip down in the next two years because they want to get reelected. I think Canada's election cycle is actually lined up kind nicely with the U S one. And we might see something that looks the same. And because we're so influenced by the U S economy, we will, you know, see those kind of results. That's kind of my guess, but I think with Glenn, we're not we're we're done with seeing 1.5 and 1.7 percent interest rates. But could we sit around the fours for a while and the low fives? Yeah, that's kind of what that was in the 90s and the early 2000s for almost 15 years. It's had in that that zone, and 
you know, it, it seems reasonable. Um, bankers want to make their money too. And, you know, that might be good for people who are taking money out of the market now and putting it into fixed instruments. If you're thinking of retiring, it looks much better on GICs and fixed instruments and where you're loaning money into the market if you have money to put there. Um, and you can get some decent returns. I mean, it's, it's again, I, I, I love what Ari says about the cycle. Um, it, so if we're you not, should be able to work in all markets. If we're not really expecting a lot of drop in this, there's really, you know, if people are sitting on the sidelines waiting to jump in for this cheap interest rate, it probably isn't going to happen, or at least not down to where we're thinking. No one, no one, none of yeah. us are thinking it's going to go back to there. So it probably, when, you know, when I hear those things, people say, oh, I'm just going to wait and, you know, for especially first time home buyers, I'm going to wait until it, the bottom falls out of the rates again so that I can afford this. Yeah, probably isn't going to happen. I don't think so. So you're going to have to restructure deals. Maybe the seller's going to have to take a piece of it. Maybe you're going to be having a second that's uh, with the seller so they can get their money and you can get your, maybe receive more balloon payments and deferred payments and them holding uh, paper on deals to get them done because they want to get out too. Like their cycle might be happening as well as sales cycle and a retirement cycle. So the deals might change a bit. That's what I'd be looking for. And if you're doing your underwriting, I'd be on the, pretty conservative side absolutely um, we've been putting offers on we put an offer on an 80 unit this week and we put one on a 92 two weeks ago and uh we're not getting them i don't know who is uh offering these crazy ridiculous amounts um but they're going to be in trouble and i'm just going to keep playing this numbers game it's the way we're doing our underwriting i'm being conservative i'm planning it for it to go up even if it doesn't um and then we'll if we're that's how i always like to do it and then the investors will be pleasantly surprised if it doesn't and if it does, we are okay because we plan for it. Um, I don't know if that's how you're doing your underwriting. Maybe we should do another whole other op topic on this. But I think that, uh, I don't know. I think there's a lot of uh, people that are underwriting this completely wrong. And they they think that this is going to drop or they must be thinking it's going to drop for their to make the, the prices offers that I've been seeing. Yeah. We made an uh, offer on a 40-unit apartment in May. Got it under contract, went through the due diligence process. It was a bit slow. It's from an estate of a, uh, a, it's a good property. The estate is selling it. So they're not super fast because this is not their operating business. They're just sorting through their family stuff. So it took five to six weeks to get that through the due diligence process. We made our application to CMHC in the beginning of June. June, July, we're now well into August. We have no no word on when this thing is. And I, every day I get bulletins around 5.30 in the morning of what the posted interest rates are. Um, and I've been watching them up and down, up and down every day. Um, I don't know what they're going to be. And I don't know actually the financial landscape of this deal, how it will actually close. We don't still don't know what our down payment will be. So we're calculating high, medium, low on this, trying to figure out what it's going to look like and what our deposits are going to be. Um, we might close That's also in October. a good way to look at it too, is to, to underwrite it three different ways. Yeah. It's safe, right? Best yeah. case, most likely case. Yeah. It was totally worth buying. It's just going to be, we still don't know exactly what the uh, outcomes will be or the predicted outcomes. And I've got, you know, my investors going, hey, any news? Any news? I got another email this morning. Where are we at with this? Um, I actually can't tell you yet, which is not a great message to give to investors. They like certainty and they like you to be bold or you know really certain yeah we, we don't know quite yet it'll be good i don't know how good <laughs> that's what i think anyway, anyway are your final thoughts home. and take us home 
Yeah. Yeah. No. I think. Uh, I think uh, we've covered the subject. Uh, uh, well and uh, yeah thank you everybody for tuning in and uh, we look forward to seeing you next week bye everybody thanks everyone